0: Awesome. Well, welcome to week number two of our series. We're just simply calling Amazing Grace. I, I, I uh, if, if you were able to be at Easter last week with us, you, we, we started talking all about uh, the amazing grace of God. How many ever heard the song before, Amazing Grace? Yeah, yeah. It, it's, many people believe um, um, that they've studied these type of things, that it's the most sung song on planet Earth right now. It has been for over 200 years that this song is sung. And what we talked about last week is we think the reason everyone knows and sings Amazing Grace is because really it's the cry of every believer who's ever encountered it before. That it, it endures beyond just um, time and the melody and all that because it really is the cry of everyone who's ever experienced the grace of God. They're like, this is amazing. I, I don't deserve it. I couldn't have earned it. And we talked all about that, about how man, God wants to give you a gift that you could never deserve and you can never earn, and it's simply called grace. So we're continuing that series today, and uh, we, we looked at three of the verses of Amazing Grace last week, and uh, there's actually five. There's more verses than just, um, than just what we read, uh, but, but there's, there's a verse of the song Amazing Grace that, is simply, that simply says that God uh, wants to give us grace that leads us home. Uh, The the verse goes like this, Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. But this grace has brought me safe thus far. Anybody want to be a witness to that? His grace has brought me safe thus far. And it ends by saying, and grace will lead me home. So I want to talk this morning on simply this topic, grace that leads us home. Grace that leads us home home. I think sometimes in our lives we look and we feel like we're so far from home. And what I mean by home is the destination for the vision that God's given us in our lives. We look and we feel like we are so far from home and we don't know if there's a way to get there or not. Maybe we're far away because of our own decisions or maybe we're far away because of things that other people have done to us along the way. And I just wanna encourage you this morning with a message to simply say this, that God's grace will lead you home, that you're not gonna end up destroyed, you're not gonna end up destroyed in the struggle, but the struggle is here to make you stronger, that the struggle has a purpose, that the struggle has a reason, and I just really just felt to encourage somebody. I wanna encourage you with a message that honestly God's been encouraging me with. So I'm just gonna preach a little bit to myself and we can all kind of be in here together. But I just want you to know every struggle in your life is meant to make you stronger, and God's not finished with you yet because His grace is amazing. I, I want to kind of set up the message today by giving you four different types of grace that we find in the Scripture. And we, I just want to talk a little bit about this grace and what it is. The first grace we talked a lot about last week, and it's simply this if you're taking notes, saving grace. Saving grace, and I think this is probably the kind of grace that that most of us are uh, at least cognizant of. That when we think of grace, we think of "Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound." That saved, right? Saved a wretch like me. So, so we we believe we're, that that grace has the power to save us. We see in Ephesians chapter 2 we looked last week that it's not we're not saved by what we do we don't get good to try to get God we don't come to church to try to be saved but we're saved by faith in Jesus and Jesus Christ alone he's the only one that can save me and if I could just say this it doesn't matter where you come from here this morning the grace of God is here to save you if you need him you don't have to jump through religious hoops you don't have to shake my hand or anything like that you can just go to Jesus and he'll save you uh, but, but that's not all what grace does I think sometimes we just kind of get on that oh, grace saves us um, uh, you know, amazing grace, how sweet this sound it saved a wretch like me and that's great as a place to start but grace doesn't end there grace, we're going to talk more about this in later weeks these next two but uh, the next kind of grace that I see in the scripture is justifying grace justifying grace or, or, or if you're taking extra notes just write the word keeping grace keeping, it'll keep you like you, you don't have to be afraid. Like the same grace that saved you is the grace that'll keep you, that you're kept safe. That's what Romans 5 says. We've been justified through faith and because of that justification, we have peace with God. That, that God wants you to have peace with him. That you're not worried all the time if God loves you, if he doesn't love you, if you're, if you're okay, if you're not okay. God wants to give you keeping grace to know that, man, I can lay my head down on the pillow at night and I have peace with God. God. And I think I think a lot of us, we don't have peace with God. We're still trying to perform to get God to love us. We're still trying to be good so that God will love us. And man, the grace of God comes and says, I love you, I care about you, I give you grace that's gonna keep you right where you are and you can have peace with me. Here's the third type of grace. This is something that you don't hear a lot about and we're gonna talk more about this later, is teaching grace, teaching grace. It says in Titus 2 that the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. And watch what it does. It teaches us, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So some people say, hey, I'm under grace. I can live however I want to live. No big deal. I can do whatever I want to do. I got a go-to-heaven-free card. I got grace. And to which I'd say, no, you, probably, you don't. You do You got religion because religion says well i just i just in it for the i'm just in it for the perks i just want to get my gift i just want to come in and get my ticket punch to go to heaven and then i'm just going to live however i want to live god and i'll say this if you that's not amazing that's that's amazing works that's something you did like paying for a ticket well god i did this i paid for it i deserve to get in if you paid for a season pass to dollywood you 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 you're going to expect to get in right whenever you get there because you paid for it you, you, you just take, you took money out of your account and you put it into Dolly's account and she's going to let you in, right? Because of what you paid for. And I think a lot of times we think, God, look at all the stuff I paid for, I paid for this. I got baptized. I paid for this. I, I did this. I paid for this. I came to church two weeks this month. I, I, I paid for it, God, and I'll say, that's religion. That's no different than anything else in the world today. But when you encounter grace, you understand you couldn't do anything to repay God, but God put all the righteousness of Jesus Christ into your bankrupt account. And when you get to heaven, you're not gonna say, God, look what I paid for. You're gonna say, look what Jesus paid for. It's what he's done in my life. It's it's amazing grace. And when you encounter that, you say, I wanna change. Why? Because you're amazed by it. I don't want us to be a church full of people that just have a religion. I want us to be a group of people that we're amazed by the grace of God. Like, man, I got to pinch myself. I got to pinch. You mean I know the God of the universe? Seriously? Like, what? I can talk to him today? What? Like, I know. Like, this is amazing. His grace saves me. His grace keeps me. His grace teaches me. And then, fourthly, I want to focus on this today is the enabling grace of God. The enabling grace of God. Paul wrote this about a hard thing in his life. He had something called a thorn in the flesh, which we don't know what it is. And I think it's great that we don't know that because I think we all have some thorns in the flesh, right? And we all have things that we wish would go away. Anybody have anything in your life right now? that's like a problem that you wish would go away, or a difficulty you're right now you're going through, and you're like, "Man, just get me out of this! I'm so tired of it." Maybe it's a prayer request. You just keep praying for and praying for a struggle that you're just right in the middle of. Paul was right there, and it, it's so encouraging to me that great people in the Bible dealt with struggle. Some people think if you love God, you don't experience a struggle, but I'm encouraged in the Bible that man, even the best people. <laughs> In, in, encountered the struggle. That's why I don't trust people that don't, aren't honest about the struggle. Right? You meet somebody and they're like, "Well, praise God, I've never had a struggle." I'm like, "I don't, I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. Like something's wrong with you. We have a prayer team for that. Like, because if the Apostle Paul would be honest enough to say I had a struggle, you and I should never put our nose up against uh, up above anybody and act like we're better. Because only by the grace of God, right? Like, we all have struggle. If, if, you, if you don't think you got issues, that's your issue. That's your issue. <laughs> Paul said, three times I prayed for the Lord to take this struggle away. But watch this, so powerful. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Sometimes God takes you out, but most of the times, God's grace takes you through so are you in the middle of a trial today I want to encourage you God wants to take you through I would love for him to take me out but he specializes in taking me through and you know why he does is because God's not so much concerned about the destination as he is the journey because it's in the struggle it's in the through it's in the lack it's in the God I got something I'd love for you to take out that's where he's able to teach you how amazing his grace is that wants to take you through. We see this in the book of Zechariah, kind of a lesser known uh, minor prophet he's known as in the Old Testament. But Zechariah was a prophet that God would speak to, and then he would give messages to to leaders of Israel, and specifically leaders of of Judah. And in Zechariah chapter 4, he's talking to a leader named Zerubbabel, could you, could you try to say that with me? Zerubbabel. If you're looking for a name for a future child, there you go, Zerubbabel. And and, and you can give me some love because I'm going to probably mispronounce the God's name the rest of the message. But but God comes to Zerubbabel at a very time where he was struggling in his life. He was trying to rebuild the temple of God because it had been destroyed. They, the people had been delivered out of uh, the land of Babylon, and they had this fresh vision to rebuild the temple of God, and the Bible says they had a foundation that had been built, and they had started to build, and right after the foundation comes, a mountain comes up in their world. A mountain comes up that actually halts the building of this temple for 17 years. It's in the middle of the struggle. See, see, we get excited about the start, but many times we we quit in the struggle, but But the struggle is meant to make us stronger. And in the middle of the struggle, God's word comes to Zerubbabel through Zechariah, and he tells him this. It's so powerful. It's there in your notes. He says, Then he answered and spoke to me, saying, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And if I could just have you right there where his name is, if you could in your own mind or maybe in your notes put your own name right there because I believe the word of God that came to Zerubbabel in his struggle is the same word that comes to us in the middle of our struggle. And God's word came to him and said this, I know you're in the struggle, but I want to remind you, it's not by might, it's not by power, but the answer is going to come by my spirit Says the Lord of hosts. He goes on to say, Who are you, O great mountain? So this mountain comes up, and I love the, the prophet. He says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth its headstones with shouting, crying, Grace, grace unto it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel had laid the foundation of the house, and his hands shall also finish it. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And I love this. It says, For who hath despised the day of small beginnings? Who hath despised the day of small beginnings? Could you imagine what this did to the heart of this weary leader, Zerubbabel? He had started a project. It didn't look like it was working out. He had built the foundation. Everyone had been excited about it. Then a mountain comes up in his world and, and he has to stop. And, and after he, the dream is gone for 17 years, he, he looks impossible. It looks like nothing's gonna happen. And right there in that impossible season, the word of God comes to him and says, hey, the hand of Zerubbabel, you've laid the foundation. Then he says this, the hand of Zerubbabel also is gonna finish the work. I love it. In other words, God's going to use you to finish everything he said he was going to finish in your life. I know it looks impossible. I know it doesn't make sense. But it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by God's spirit. It's going to be him that does a work in and through your life. It may look impossible to the world around you, but God's going to do it in your life. I just wanna encourage that with somebody. I just think that's a word for somebody here. Your hand, it started it, and by the help of God, your hand's gonna finish it. That you're gonna be there to see it to the end as long as you don't give up. Let the word of the Lord come to you today and encourage you that his grace is going to be there every step of the way. If you can believe that his grace will save you, why don't you join me today in believing his grace is gonna enable you to do what he's called you to do. You're not gonna end up destroyed. You're not going to end up with being incomplete because his grace is going to come and help you every step of the way. So I want to give us just five simple things that I believe God was trying to talk to Zerubbabel through his word that really, I pray is an encouragement to us. What do we do in the struggle of life? What do we do in the incomplete things of life? What do we do when we have a plan and a vision And, and and it started out real good, but then in kind of the middle, it's a, It it, it looks like all it is, God, it's just a foundation. Are you gonna, you you put it in my heart, is it gonna gonna work out or not? What's gonna happen? I I just wanna encourage you with what I believe the prophet was encouraging Zerubbabel with. It's simply this number one, if you're taking notes, in the middle of the struggle, remember the promise. Remember the promise. Don't let pain cause you to forget that God is a great promise on your life. You started that because God gave you the vision for it. So don't forget the vision. I think what the scripture says in the Old Testament, write the vision and make it plain so that people may run that read it. If I could encourage you, even today, take a moment and write down the things that God has given you. Don't just let it live in your mind because that's where the struggle is and it's the first thing to go. It's funny, we remember all the wrong things and we forget all the right things. We can remember all the bad things that has happened to us but we forget how faithful God has been every step of the way. It's amazing, just like the children of Israel. Just one month after seeing a red sea be parted and then walk on dry ground, they look at God and say, God, you're not able to even feed us out here. You brought us out here to die. What happened? They had forgot the faithfulness of God. One month out, they had forgot because the pain of the struggle had caused them to forget church. Let's not forget that God's always been faithful. Don't forget the promise in the middle of the situation. Speak the word of God over your life. That's what Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 1:18. 1 he says, "I charge and entrust you, Timothy, in accordance to the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage a good warfare." He says, "If you want to win the victory in your world, you have to do it in according to the word that's been speak, spoken over your life. So write it down and don't forget the promise." Don't forget the promise. Here's the second thing I want to encourage you: what you do in the struggle is secondly, speak to the mountain. <laughs> he says, "Oh, who are you, oh great mountain?" I love. It. He's got an attitude about the mountain. Too many times we just let the mountain stay where it is and and, and and kind of be daunting over our life and over our mind and over our finances and over our family and over and and if you're in the middle of a struggle, I just dare you, double dog dare you to do what the prophet told Zer, Zer, whatever his name is, Zerubbabel. <laughs> I dare you to get an attitude against the mountain. Too many times we tell our friends and God and the world and Facebook about how big our mountain is when we should be spending time telling our mountain how big our God is and say, you know what? I know it looks like a mountain, but in the name of Jesus, God says that I'm gonna overcome and be able to do everything God's called me to be. I wrote it in my notes. I, you are not powerless, Speak to the impossibility and speak God's word over your impossibility. I am a child of God. I am forgiven. I have a purpose. I'm the head and not the tail. I can do all things through Christ. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I'm blessed when I come in and blessed when I go out. What are we doing? We're speaking to the mountain. Don't speak what you see. Speak what God says. Don't speak what it looks like. Anybody can do that. Speak through the eyes of faith. Like I think about in the Old Testament, the, the man of God was surrounded. Uh, 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 Elisha was surrounded by the enemy. And it looked like it was all over and he had a, kind of an assistant there with him. And he said, man, we're surrounded by the Philistines. We're surrounded by the enemy. And he says, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see that really the one who's surrounded is the enemy. And when he opened his eyes, he realized that the whole hill was surrounded with chariots of fire all around them. And, the, and, the, and, the, man, and the, the young assistant understood that it wasn't them that was surrounded by the enemy, it was the enemy surrounded by their God. I wanna tell you, it may look like in the natural that you're surrounded by the enemy, but just listen to the word of God today. Your enemy is surrounded by your God. You and Jesus are a majority. So you speak to the mountain speak to the debt, speak to the marital issues, speak to the addiction, speak to the depression. You speak to the mountain and just watch what God does. You say, well, that sounds kind of crazy. I don't even know if that's in the Bible. Jesus actually says this in Mark eleven twenty three. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea <laughs> and doesn't doubt in their heart, but believes what they say will happen, it will be done to them. So even Jesus says the mountains in your life, you just tell them to go take a hike. You go tell them to go jump in the lake. You go tell those mountains to go jump off a bridge because God's word is greater than any mountain that you and I will face. Amen. So remember the promise. Speak to the mountain. And Here's the third thing I believe he was saying. Begin again. Begin again. I just want to encourage someone this morning. It's not too late to dream again. It's not too late to be to believe again, to hope again, to begin again. I, I think sometimes we get so discouraged because of our past failures in life. We we get so discouraged, and then because of our failure, because of our pain, we just kind of settle at a place of mediocrity in our life. We say, "Well, I did have this big dream," and 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 didn't work out like I thought because it was painful and it was hard and man for 17 years it's just a foundation it's been sitting dormant what's going to happen what's going to go on and we 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 just settle at that place but I want to encourage you to let you know the pain was never meant to kill you the pain is meant to make you strong to grow you if I could say it that way the pain is meant to grow. I just want to show you just a simple progression of how we change in our lives. We all want to grow. We all want change. I pray this will set somebody free. See, to grow, you have to change. And none of us like change, right? Amen? To grow, you have to change. But watch this to change, you have to experience loss. So if we're going to grow, we have to change. But if we're going to change, there's going to be some things that's going to be happening, some things are going to be taken away out of our lives. And if we experience loss, then that means we have pain. Watch, but, but there's a progression. So therefore, if we want to grow, the pain is part of the process. See, the pain was never meant to keep you from the promise, Is said. These 17 years that looked like nothing was happening. No, oh, no, no. That pain was producing something in your life that's gonna be fulfilled so that in the end, you'll know it wasn't by mind, it wasn't by power, but at the end of the day, you'll point your finger to God and say it was only by the grace of God. And the pain is part of the process. Are you in the pain right now? Just be encouraged. It's part of the process. Dig in, Zerubbabel. It's gonna be done. Don't be afraid to begin again. Don't be afraid to start right now. Don't be afraid to to, to begin again. Begin trusting. Begin believing. Maybe dust off that Bible and, and, and read it again. Start a relationship with God again. It's not too late to start all over again. Start start dreaming again about that idea that God gave you, that business idea. Start believing and start dreaming again because God's not finished with you yet. That's an encouraging word to somebody here this morning. God is not finished with you yet. He never called you to live a mediocre life. And I know it's been painful. I know you've been a dormant season. But one day you're gonna look back and say, that painful season is the reason that I'm able to do what I'm doing today. It's because of his grace that led me all the way home it's I've been through toils I've been through snares but that grace is leading me home here's the fourth thing that we do when we're in the struggle we so we remember the promise we speak to the mountain we begin again begin again here's the fourth thing we focus on Jesus we focus on Jesus <laughs> see we spend way too much time focusing on our issue now we need to be focusing on Jesus We spend many times focusing on the incomplete foundations of our life when we should be looking at Jesus in the middle of the incomplete foundations of our life. We we, we look at the problem. We look at our inability. We should be looking at Jesus. We we many times look at ourselves in the mirror and we see I'm I, I, I'm 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 ugly I'm I'm not enough I'm look at all the things that are going on in my life I, I can't do and all the voices of what other people have spoken over our lives we look at ourselves and if I could just encourage you stop looking at your inability and look at the stop looking at your insufficiency if I could say it like this and look at the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. See, whenever I look at me, all I get is discouraged. But whenever I look at Jesus, I'm encouraged and to know that He's able to do everything that he's called me to do. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. Say it with me. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. That's what Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says. It says, we can run this race with endurance looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. And and that doesn't just mean to just focus, just, just the eyes. But but, but but, it means trust in him. It'd be like going to a surgeon. There's one thing, if he says, you know, he, he says, here's, here's the diagnosis. If you're gonna survive, I need to do surgery on you. You say, look to the surgeon. You're not gonna be like, I'm looking at you, man. I got you, I'm looking at you. He said, well, that's not gonna help you. See, you, you gotta allow me to work. And it's gonna be painful, but it has a purpose. Look to me, it's gonna be all right. See, in this in this passage, the prophet tells him to do something that really had to feel crazy to him. He says, here's what you're gonna do. I want you to take the capstone of the building. Mind you, the building doesn't exist, right? Just a dream in his mind. He said, I want you to take the final piece of the building and I want you to go to that empty, forgotten foundation. In my mind's eye, I can see it. It's just, there's weeds all over it. And it's like, oh, there's, I don't know if you've ever seen a foundation that's just kind of been left in a field somewhere and it's like uh, it's over there and you, you look and it's like oh there is it's a, this, this, this foundation that's just been forgotten by time and the prophet says here's what I want you to do I want you to get the cornerstone the, the, the final piece of the building that doesn't exist and I want you to lay it down on the foundation and then I want you to speak over that grace grace oh it's so powerful it's such a powerful picture to me because the Bible says that Jesus is the cornerstone Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected that has become the cornerstone of our lives. In other words, in the incomplete brokenness of our lives, what do we do? We take Jesus and we put him in the middle of the empty foundations and then we say "Let the grace of God, it's grace, grace over our lives. And I, and I, I could just see what happened there. The prophet, the, the Zerubbabel probably thought it was silly and stupid. And he went over and he got him. All right, this is the final stone. He said, he just lays it down and says, okay, grace. (laughs) The prophet says, I I didn't say, say grace. I said, shout grace. Okay. (laughs) To an empty foundation, the cornerstone, he says, grace. Nothing. He said, no, I didn't say, shout grace one time. I said, shout grace two times and he lays again that foundation he puts it that cornerstone he puts it down and he says grace grace and when he put that cornerstone down on the emptiness of his foundation the Bible says that men started coming from the north south east and west and started building that temple People, opportunities, people started coming with money. People started coming with wood. People started coming with building materials. The money started coming together. Everything started coming together. And and God, that grace that was on that cornerstone, started coming on his life. And the incomplete thing that looked like it was never going to happen started coming from the north, south, east, and west because of the grace, the enabling grace of Jesus Christ on the impossibility of his life. If I can encourage somebody today, whatever you're going through, say grace, grace over it. Could we just do that together? Grace, grace. One more time. Grace, grace. I dare you just put Jesus in the middle of that work situation and say grace, grace. When I walk into work tomorrow, I'm not focusing on the negative. I'm not focusing on my inability. I'm not focusing on my boss or my coworker, but I'm gonna say in the name of Jesus, I'm gonna put Jesus right there in the middle of it and I'm gonna say grace, grace over it and I'm gonna trust that God's gonna do what I could never do in my life. I think about the valley of dry bones that Ezekiel's dropped down in the middle of in the Old Testament. Many times we think if we're following God, we couldn't be in the middle of dry bones and incomplete situations. But could I say this? God specializes in taking us to impossible places so that he can show us his amazing grace. And he drops them down in the middle of the bones and he says, hey, Zeke, can these bones live? Which is so funny. It's like he says the same thing. I'd say, you know, God, like what are, who am I, you know, and essentially, God was saying to him, here, here's the deal, Zeke. I want you to be part of the process. I want you to understand who I am. And he tells him, speak to the bones. And much like Zerubbabel putting an empty, just a, a, one stone on an empty foundation, he starts speaking to the impossibility of his world. And as he begins to speak, God begins to bring it together. As he begins to speak to the impossibility, the grace of God starts bringing it together and the wind of God starts coming. I just want to encourage somebody, don't give up in the process. The grace of God will come to you. I think about this building. Whenever we first, uh, uh, were, we, when we first uh, were thinking about getting it, It was I could touch the ceiling just, just standing flat-footed. In this room, there were all these uh, offices that were here, so the only spot that was kind of open was just just kind of this little part of the room it was short and didn't really make sense the carpet was dingy nothing looked 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 anything like a church or anything like people, where people could gather more than about 10 people in a room and and, and I thought this is crazy nobody's gonna come and my wife had the the she said no babe we can knock these out and it's gonna be you know thank god for for a, a lady with, with some vision She said oh no we can do this we can you know, we can do this and make it happen. We will have people come and, and we'll, you know, we'll put the kids over here, you know, like all the vision. And I was like, okay. I, I And I remember uh, standing in the corner and and because I knew God was doing something, the opportunity came and came to us. And I thought, okay, this God, is this you? And, and but, but Lord, we, we want to see people come. We don't want to just be a church, just, 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 just dying on the vine because we were at the time meeting at a school. And I don't know, we had, you know, it's it 60, 70 people, sometimes just even lower than that, you know, people coming. I was like, Lord, is this going to, be a church or is this just going to be a dead foundation that's going to be left and and I remember standing in the in the back corner over there and, and the, all these walls were here and I just remember I went and I had the key because we hadn't leased it yet but we were thinking about it. they gave me the key and I went and locked the front door so nobody would think I was crazy and right here I just started saying grace grace over this place that didn't look anything like a church and i just remember i just i just danced and i just prayed and i just shouted and i just the neighbors probably thought i was crazy but that was all right <laughs> Why? Because it was just, I, just the Lord was saying to me, you know what, it's not what you thought it would be, but, but it, it looks like a valley of bones, it looks like an empty foundation, but, but but, if you'll just give me a chance to work with it, if you'll just start speaking the grace of God over it, and people started coming from the north and the south and the east and the west, and, and the church started growing at the school, and people started coming together, and we started knocking out walls, and we started painting walls, and, and God started bringing money out of nowhere. I remember, I'll never forget it. We didn't, people weren't Given anything I remember one Sunday we had twenty dollars and a gift card in the offering and that's all we had and it was costing us thousands of dollars to rent this school where we were at and it just looked like nothing would make sense and I went to the church and I said hey um, w- w- this is an opportunity I don't know how we can afford it but we're just going to believe the grace of God we're not manipulating anybody we're not putting a thermometer anywhere but if you just want to give a special offering toward it we're just going to believe God's going to do something and and, and 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 I'll never forget that week <laughs> I went to the. I went to the mailbox. I used to. I used to be the guy that went to the P.O. box no, back in that day. I went to the P.O. box and opened it up, and I, there was this letter that had all these. It's like it had been redirected like five times, and it had been. This was in May, and it had been sent in December, and it had went. To all these different addresses, and it finally came on that week and I opened it up and it was from a church I've never heard of in Mississippi don't know the pastor don 't know anything about them and it was a check for five thousand dollars and it simply said this we do not know you but we believe in what you're doing and please give this to the greatest need that you have right now and and, 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 and it was grace that started coming by the week by the time that week was over over twenty five thousand dollars had come from sources outside the church and people started giving and in other words, what would happen the grace of God came and got involved in the middle of our impossibility. And I just want to encourage somebody, it's going to be His grace that leads you home. And it's going to be His grace that drops you in the middle of impossibility. You don't have to have it all together. It doesn't have to all make sense. It can just be a foundation, but you keep it on Jesus. And you keep on focusing on the grace of God. That's where we're all right now as a church, too. We're we're, we're out of space, as you know. Over 600 people last weekend at Easter. We're doing a Saturday night service and three services on Sunday. What are we going to do next? Where's the building going to be? People ask me all the time, let me help you out, it's going to be grace, grace that's what's going to happen in the life of the church how are we going to pay for it, let me help you grace, grace, what are we going to do grace, grace, it's going to be the grace of God it gets involved I remember last year we in your worship God there's this heart for the kingdom uh, brochure you can read about and we're going to talk more about in weeks to come but but last year I remember we were out of room for kids and didn't know what we were going to do and we were like okay Lord you got to help us what how are we going to be able to you know have minister to families and more kids and we started coming together and we started giving and we had this special heart for the kingdom offering and we didn't even know what the place would be and uh, but we started giving toward it and we just said, Lord, we're just gonna pray with your grace and so open the door and people started giving and then a couple months later we met someone who had uh, 3,000 feet ready to lease next door and, 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 and now we're one church in two locations, right? This is the West Campus and that's the East Campus right over there. <laughs> but what am I trying to say? Grace. Grace. We do what we can do and then God does what he can do, only what he can do. It's the grace of God that comes over our lives. We focus on Jesus. And here, here's, here's the fifth thing that we do. I love this. I wanna read the scripture for this one first, so good. Receive, the hands of Jeruboam have laid the foundation and the hands shall also finish it. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. Watch this. For who hath despised the day of small things? Here's the fifth thing that we do. We start small and we finish strong. <laughs> we start small and we finish strong. If I can encourage someone with that impossibility that's in your mind, it seems like it's so big. Don't be afraid to start small. Don't be afraid to start right where you are because Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I wrote on this stone up here, grace. I I, I wrote on this stone, Jesus, I I wrote on it, Colossians 1, verse 17, that says that Jesus is the one that holds it all together. I just got... Somebody asked me if this was styrofoam. No, it's very, very much not in styrofoam. <laughs> My wife's like, please don't hurt the stage, okay? Please don't. We don't want to repay the stage. But guys, I just want you to know that Jesus is going to hold it all together. He, hes It's his grace. I, I just, I wish I could do to everybody just one of these, just a block. Maybe you need to go home and grab your own block and... And just look at it for a few days. If you have an impossibility in your life, I just dare you to just take Jesus. Take that stone and just lay it. Just lay it. You got a child that's wayward right now and just just lay that stone somewhere in the foundation. Lay it in a room. Lay it. it's something business. Put it put it in your cubicle at work. I don't know. In other words, put Jesus. Start small. Start with Start with that trust start with the little things start small you say well there's such a mountain in my life I don't know what to do maybe Easter you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or God's doing something new in your life since you've been coming to this church it's time for you to get baptized we got a baptism Sunday coming up next Sunday it's time for you to you say well I got all this going on in my life what's that gonna help me don't be afraid start small don't be afraid just take a step We have next steps that are right after the third service today at one o'clock. You say, I got all kinds of things going on in my life. Don't I have time? No, no, no. Just understand. Take your next, just start with God. I love the story. Zerubbabel didn't start with his house. He started with God's house. And as, 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 as he put his focus, in other words, on the spiritual things in his life, God made sure that everything was built. And you read the story of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was one of Israel's greatest leaders. During this season of their existence, why? Not because he was perfect. He had 17 years of failure, 17 years of giving up. But that didn't define his life. Why? Because the grace, amazing, enabling grace of God came and helped him. And church, it'll help you. It, it's helped me. It's helped this church. This is the story of our lives. I just want to I just want to say that verse one more time Before we pray today through many dangers toils and snares I have already come But this grace has brought me safe thus far And grace will lead me home Church grace is going to lead us home We're going to make it Jesus name every head bowed every eye closed if you need this today I just want you to open up your hands and just receive from God it's not about this message it's not about me preaching it has nothing to do with any of that it says God is in this place he encouraged me this week with this message this is just an overflow we need this His grace is leading us home I know it looks like there's some foundations in your life You trust him. The same grace that saved you is going to be the grace that enables you. He's going to give you, there's going to be some things, some mountains that start falling down this week. We're believing it in Jesus' name. God's going to open some doors. He's going to do some things. And we're going to say, God, it's your grace. We're going to begin again. We're going to trust you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray for your people. Lord, I pray for us here today. Lord, we need your grace. Lord, your grace doesn't just save us, it keeps us. It doesn't just keep us, it teaches us. It doesn't just teach us and enables us to make it all the way home to the destination you've called us to. And we trust you. We speak grace, grace over it today. In Jesus' name. If you're here.